recapping the Minnesota game, previewing the upcoming Oregon game, and Chad's becoming a woman? All that and more next on Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Dotting the Eye with Davis and Chad. Uh, this is Davis actually doing the intro this time, which uh, I'm sure is probably a little bit new for uh, those of you that have heard us before. And the reason for that is that Chad, unfortunately, has tested positive for COVID, and he's kind of been in rough shape lately. So before we really get this podcast started, I'd like to uh, you know, send my well wishes to him and his family uh, and hope everything goes out okay. So... Um, in the meantime, you know, the show must go on. We got a big game coming up and I uh, thought about doing this by myself, but, you know, I can't really argue with myself or, you know, bounce ideas off of. And I'm not sure how many people would really want to listen to me talk for 30 minutes. So I uh, decided to go ahead and bring back our good friend, April, who, uh, if you've listened before, she actually joined us on the podcast at the end of last season when we got our Alabama National Championship game reaction. So at this time, I'd like to welcome April back to the show. How are you doing, April? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. So thanks for uh, jumping in here last minute. I know I kind of asked you uh, and didn't give you a lot of prep time, but um, realistically, you know, we just kind of have a good chat today about uh, kind of what we thought about last week and uh, kind of our preview for the Oregon game that's coming up in a couple of days. So first of all, I kind of want your overall reaction about what you thought about the Minnesota game. Um, obviously, we won 45-31 on the road with a lot of new players. Um, but I kind of had, I don't know about you, but I had like two different reactions to that game. I had an initial reaction, and then once it kind of sat for a day or two, I kind of had a different feeling about it. How about you? Um, I definitely kind of... For me, 45-31 doesn't really tell the story of what the game actually was. Uh, game was pretty close through most of it. I mean, it wasn't really until that fourth quarter. So to listen to it, it sounds like we won, like, full go. And I actually read an article today where the uh, refs kind of came back and they said that there was a play that uh, was not called correctly uh, and it was in our favor. So if you really want to go back and call back a touch touchdown and, and really go that route you could kind of even call it closer than that uh, it was definitely closer than I wanted to see it um, but I think all in all if you just look at the second half of it I mean we came out we did what we do and so I was I was pretty happy with it uh, that Minnesota team came out ready to go and uh, it was there was no joke well, I think I think that's what we were expecting when me and Chad talked about that last week and I think a I think your your you know your true Ohio State fan really had some nerves coming into this game, and because one, it's not every year we start off the game uh, the season with a conference game, let alone on the road. But it's also a team that you know, if you really take the last full year they had, I mean, they were I think almost a ten win team, maybe a ten win team, and close to a top ten ranked team, and they brought pretty much all those players back. So I knew that it was going to be a tough game, and then you mix that with uh, the environment of finally having fans back. Um, also, the fact that we had a true freshman, or not, I'm sorry, a redshirt freshman quarterback who's never thrown a pass, uh, a lot of holes a little bit still on defense and inexperience. 
And I don't know about you, but I'm I'm not really a superstitious person. But the second that I found out that they were going to wear black uniforms, I was, I was having flashbacks of Purdue and flashbacks of Iowa. Uh, definitely, there was a lot of things that that were out of the normal for us for a normal start. It was not your typical Mac school. It was a Thursday night. It was not a home game. We typically our season starters are our home game. This was not a home game. And that Minnesota environment, you know, watching the cameras pan over the crowd, I mean, that was something you would see in a Wisconsin, a Michigan, a Penn State. Uh, it was a very, very intimidating, uh, intimidating crowd to start with. Um, on top of things, you had, you know, as far as defense goes, they had 10 returning starters. 10. We had seven new starters on defense. I mean, we were playing with kids that are four and five years apart in age. Yeah, that, there was definitely a lot that, I mean, to the average person, they just see Ohio State, Minnesota. They see brand names. You know, and they expect that Ohio State is just going to automatically reload and finish where they left off. I mean, I don't care if you have all these four and five star uh, five star recruit players. I mean, if they're new to the field, especially in an environment like that, like you could see CJ Stroud's nerves, obviously, in the first half. I mean, he literally looked bug eyed like his eyes were going to bulge out of his head like he was like, holy crap. So, you know, I my initial reaction, April, with this game was like, geez, here we go again. You know, the defense looks not good. Um, offense, uh, I wasn't as worried about, but definitely started out slow. Almost felt kind of like the Northwestern game from last year where we just couldn't get anything going. Um, but once I kind of take a, a, a couple days back, you know, I, I really realized, you know, CJ Stroud just kind of looked a little bit flustered on some longer passes, some of the more touch passes. Um, that he tried to throw downfield. But there was one I think Garrett Wilson probably could have caught that didn't, and a few of the things that didn't quite go our way in that first half. But the rhythm, at least early on, looked pretty good. And obviously the running backs, I mean, Mayan Williams, uh, who we thought would probably start, at least me and Chad had talked about that, he looked really good, and so did the true freshman uh, Travion Henderson. What do you think about the running backs? Um, I thought that... uh... I thought that the the running backs, I thought that they could have been a little stronger. I don't think our run game was really there. Um, I, and again, I think that we're a little bit spoiled sometimes because when I think running backs in Ohio State, I look back to, you know, we, we have high, high levels here that we're expecting out of like a, a Zeke level, you know, running back. And, you know, we're, we're changing gears a little bit. Um, I was really hoping that we would see a little bit more, but uh, I was not mad about the passing game. I mean, Alave had a fantastic game. I think the offense as a whole looked really good. It's a very, very complete thing. I don't want to take away from what uh, Stroud did, but we have one of the best offensive lines in the country, and that was very, very apparent in the fact that they only had C.J. Stroud um, really scrambling maybe twice in the whole game. Uh, he was not sacked. He was not really hit. I mean, he he had it pretty, pretty easy as far as a, as a quarterback goes. And then on top of that, you have all of the um, – you have the, the depth of our offensive, t- of our offensive team – um, Rucker, I'm a big, big fan of the tight end setup. I like that it's coming back. I like that we're doing it. 
Uh, Ruckert had one or two nice catches in there. But on top of that, if you watch some of the runs, there was some really, really nice blocks. Olave's last touchdown, his second touchdown, Ruckert had a big block for him. Um, if you look at uh, Trayvon Henderson's uh, run, there were three blocks. I mean, three blocks. Any one of those blocks didn't happen, it would have stopped him from getting that touchdown. So I, I think that the depth that our offense has is really, really big versus you look at a one-dimensional offense like Minnesota that basically just has a really, really good running back. And I'm, I'm going to agree with you fully pretty much on the offense. And I think that's probably the way that most people feel is that I know they got off to a little bit of a slow start, but we know all the weapons are there. We know we have depth. And C.J. Stroud doesn't really have to do anything amazing. He just needs to be a solid quarterback, you know. We don't need him to be throwing the ball everywhere like Dwayne Haskins. He doesn't need to be running the ball like J.T. Barrett. You know, he just needs to be a solid quarterback. Um, it, he just basically needs to get the ball to, uh, you know, the weapons that we have and, and let them do that. So I think a lot of the play calling, at least early on that I saw, was trying to do that. And eventually in the second half, some of the, you know, the bigger plays opened up for us uh, that I think could have been maybe set up a little bit in the first half uh, that helped as well. Um, the only thing I think that doesn't get mentioned a lot, especially with the offense, is you realize we scored 45 points off of 48 plays. Like, that's absolutely ridiculous. Like, we only had 48 plays in the entire game on offense. Like, that's probably the lowest Ohio State has had in years. I mean, Minnesota had a great game, uh, a game plan to try to, you know, eat up some clock and try to run the ball on us. And they ex executed quite a bit of what they wanted to on us. But if you really think about it, I mean, we scored almost, you know, a point per play. And that's unheard of. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I mean, that that's that's really impressive if you look at it that way. Yeah, so. I think we're good on the offense and I'm excited. You know, we'll talk about our preview in Oregon here in a minute, but I think where we're going to differ a little bit. And I know for sure where me and Chad differ is about the defense. And I will say that my initial reaction was that this is crap. It looks terrible. Again, DBs not getting their head turned around or they're getting flagged for pass interference calls, missed tackles. Um, you know, I, I think we got a little bit more speedy on defense, it looked like, initially, but there were still a lot of the problems there. And especially the defensive uh, the defensive line didn't get to the quarterback as much I would have hoped. So that was kind of my initial reaction. But um, once I kind of gave it a few days, I actually went back, watched some highlights and everything, I saw a lot more good than I saw bad. And I'm, I'm a lot more hopeful than I guess I was because – there's a lot of factors that I'll explain here in a minute why I think that, but I want to hear what you think initially about the defense. Um, I think that the defense is definitely a weaker point for us. Um, if you go back prior to Urban Meyer, I think that we uh, put a lot into our defense. We had some really, really amazing defenses uh, from like 2005 to 2014. And, once you brought Urban in, he's really focusing on our offense, and I think that our defense is lacking, and it's really just kind of started to go down. I don't think our defense is bad. I just don't think our defense is like top-level, top-tier defense. Um, realizing that you have seven new starters out of 11 people, I mean, that that is huge. That is a ton. Um, you know, they did have one really, really good play 
uh, it was the, the block, uh, and then they, they did the fumble return, uh, Haskell Garrett, the big man tackle that or big man touchdown that everybody's talking about. Um, you know, that's the kind of play that you pull out of everything that the defense could and couldn't do. And you go, wow, this is the defense that I want to see play. But the defense that I don't want to see play is the one that couldn't stop uh, Mo from running. I mean, if we can't stop a running offense, we're going to really, really struggle through this season. I mean, it's going to be a really, really rough season if we can't figure out how to stop that. And I'll I'll slightly agree in the fact that, yes, we have a big problem with stopping the run. But I think you also have to understand, again, that we had a lot of new players, including the entire linebacking core, uh, which is obviously a big part of, you know, stopping the run. Uh, The defensive line did pretty decent, I thought. But they were if you actually watch a lot of the bigger running plays, uh, they went outside the, you know, they didn't go up the middle. They kind of, you know got all the blocks to kind of push off to either the stronger weak side. And then you snuck it around to where a linebacker should be filling that hole on the edge or someone should be holding the edge and they didn't. So I think some of it is just plain inexperience with that. But, you know, I, I like that we did get more pressure and obviously we saw a couple sacks, including that strip sack. Um, but with, with the uh, defensive backs, I mean, we're missing seven banks and uh, Cam Brown. Um, who would be both starters. And we had two guys back there. Heck, we had the the first guy, I can't even remember his last name. Uh, he's the first touchdown that they threw on us. It was like a 10, 12-yard, you know, pass to the corner of the end zone. And our defender was in good position, but just never got his ha- head around and never got his hands up. Uh, and then after the play, I'm like, who in the hell is that? You know, and it was number four is all I remember. And he's got longer hair. And I was like, I've never even heard his name. And I usually stay pretty close to, uh, you know, keeping up with the team and the players and, you know, who's coming up. And I've never even heard of this guy. So we were decimated in the defensive backfield. I mean, we even had a true freshman and, uh, Burke that was playing. I mean, he's fresh out of high school and he's getting put on an Island against uh, some i don't care if it, even if it is just minnesota receivers they're still big 10 receivers and these players are a lot older i mean some of these kids are you know three four years older than he is and have been in you know a d1 college program for that long training so there was a lot of missing pieces and there was still some pretty good defensive plays that happened in that game so i'm looking at this more like we definitely did not have our a team in there and the ones that were, were very inexperienced. So I really think that the defense is going to get a lot better. I think we're going to have a better defense than last year. I know this was a bad sample, possibly, but you got to think again who we had in the game and what the circumstances were. Um, I mean, do, do you do agree with that, that you think we're going to get a lot better? Or you're, you're kind of more with Chad and that you think we're just going to struggle most of the year? I'm a little bit frustrated because – when you look at the two, you look at the two programs as an Ohio State program, and you can call it spoiled, you can call it entitled, you can call it whatever you want. We have one of the top five programs in the country as a far as a as a football team goes. Minnesota is part of like a top maybe fifty. There's a big hey, difference. Hey, they between won, they won the national title back in the 1950s. <laughs> but my point is, we had problems tackling even the coaching staff admitted that we had problems tackling 
that's a problem. When that that's a basic basic thing that shouldn't be a problem for us. And that was a problem was tackling. That was something they decided they were going to go back and work on this week before the next game. So I, I I'm optimistic that they'll work something out. But as as the season progresses and we hit what will be much better running games than Minnesota brought we could really struggle. I, I don't know if we'll make it. Well, I don't know. Like, I, I I agree to some of what you're saying, but overall, I just think that, yeah, okay. So let me put it this way then. So when's the last time we had a really good defense? You know, or, I mean, a, a legit good defense. You, so you're talking, obviously, before the Urban Era. That was back with Jim Trestle when that was more of his focus was defensive play. So we were, had really, really good defenses uh, up until about the early 2000s, maybe mid-2000s. And then it's just kind of been a sprinkle of we've had some key defensive players in there that have made the defense good, but overall was so-so. Um, but if you look at a lot of these defenses that we've succeeded in, so I'm going to use 2014 as an example when we won the national title. Uh, do you remember the team that we played at the very beginning of the season that year? It wasn't Virginia Tech, even that's though we did lose that game. That's what I was thinking. Game. It was no. Virginia Tech because that's who we lost to. Who was it? No, it was Navy. So in the Navy game, if you remember, we only won that game by like maybe 10 or 13 points. I mean, we're like a 20-point favorite in that game. And didn't look that great. And then turn around also and, you know, get ate up by Virginia Tech. And that was a work in progress early on in that season. And lo and behold, we ended up having a pretty good season with Joey Bosa at the helm and some key players um, in the defensive backfield as well uh, that ended up, you know, being a national championship team. Now, again, I will agree that that still wasn't, you know, some of our best defense, but that's where we are in this day and age with the well, kind of the, offense that we have. We don't need to have that 90s, early 2000s defense where we're going to keep them, you know, 13 points or less. Like if we can keep them out of the mid-20s, you know, on average, and, or even if we keep them below 30, you know Ohio State's going to get 30 or more on almost everybody. So to go back to the 2014 season, though, there was a whole other side of that, which was the offense, the ever-changing offense. I mean – you had Miller basically getting hurt, I want to say, in early August or something like that. So there was a whole other piece there that went into that. Um, I would at least, at like least to see a breakout player. I mean, could we get a Chase Young? Could we get could we get somebody on defense that is just that person that you know is going to be the person that is a formidable um, opponent that people are terrified that people are talking about? And I would feel a little bit better. I'm hoping to see the D de- I mean, both, both the defense and the offense, I would like to see them both kind of progress through the season and, and see how things go. But uh, I don't know. It, it's so, so tough because it was just, it was such a weird start to the season. It's not what we were looking for. You know, we, we love those max starts where we get to go stomping on people and put 50 points up and they maybe get a touchdown. Uh, and we just didn't get that. See, and I think that's where, uh, that's another uh, important point that I think people overlook too, is that we're so used to starting the season with almost a cupcake, Florida Atlantic or Oregon state, you know, the last two openers that we had not counting COVID season. And it's a, a lot easier to mask those problems 
when when that happens because a broken tackle or a missed tackle and those games may only end up in 10 yards when you play a game like Minnesota on the road where there are better teams than that you know a missed tackle can wind up a 50 yard run on fourth and one you know so you get penalized a lot more for that stuff but I think that happens early in the season with almost anyone I'll be honest the only team I saw the entire weekend that looked like they had every phase of the game working was Alabama, but I think that was a little bit skewed because I think there was a highly overrated Miami team that came in there that is probably not going to do much in the ACC this year, in my opinion. That is so, that is really surprising. That never happens in the ACC or the SEC. Yeah, never. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, we could spend all day arguing this. My overall reaction is I, I, I'm optimistic, very optimistic. Sure, I had uh, I wanted that game to look better than 45-31. But I guess looking back, you know, uh, it showed a lot. I think it also showed a lot about C.J. Stroud's, uh, you know, toughness to come back after a first half like that, and especially Ryan Day's trust in him to open up the playbook even more. Because I'll be honest, at some point, I was the one looking at the screen saying, Ryan Day, run the ball. And what he would do is he would keep calling up some of these passes and they would start to work. So he definitely, you know, I, I, I trust Ryan Day a lot more as a play caller um, especially in close games than I did than I would of Urban Meyer or um, someone else because uh, I think he definitely understands you know what it honestly takes to try to get the team back when they're struggling and it's really just kind of keep going with the same game plan you know uh, maybe only a couple times I've ever questioned Ryan Day's decision making but overall I think that's that's something that I saw a benefit so let's go ahead and talk about this Oregon game we got coming up because. I mean, it's a pretty big game, but at the same time, um, I don't think it's a do-or-die game. And I think the biggest reason for that, obviously, is, you know, let's just say worst-case scenario, this is a game we lose. If we went out, I still feel like a undefeated in conference, one-loss overall team, conference winner, barring you have four undefeated teams or three undefeated teams and an SEC one-loss, I mean, I still feel like our chance is pretty strong, so... Kind of where are you at, I guess, just before we go and dive into this game, what are your feelings in regards to the importance of this game? So on paper, many people are saying this is going to be our toughest game or maybe our highest ranked opponent this season. What I don't like about it is we are game two into a season that we thought was going to be COVID free, but now we're finding out is is pretty much just a second COVID season. Uh, they're going to be testing every week. Every week we're going to be waiting to hear who's playing, who's not. Can the team play? Uh, can they travel? Who's going? You know, what are the local COVID uh, precautions? And, and are they allowing, allowing fans in the stands or what it may be? So we have no idea where this season's going to go. Uh, on a normal season, it would be so tough because you could sit here and say, oh, Look at Oregon. They're ranked. I think they moved down to 13 or something. I think they went from 12 to 13 after their uh, squeaking by last week against Fresno State. But um, you could look at it and go look at them. They're the, they're the 13th. And then three, four games from now, they could drop out of the top 25. And then the loss means or the win means nothing. So I, I just don't really I, I hate to take the like iffy chance on it, but I, I just don't know. Uh, I think we need to win it. I think we definitely need to win it. Uh, I, I would concur with you that if we lose, it's probably not the end of the road for us. Uh, but I would definitely uh, like to win it. 
I'm been reading up and watching, I believe it's their tight end. They're not sure they're saying it's an uh, hour by hour kind of thing to see if he's going to play. And it sounds like uh, this one tight end could be, or not the tight end, it's defensive the defensive end. Yeah, I'm sorry. Thibode- it's Thibodeau. Yes. Uh, that yeah, he's he would regarded be, as the best player right now in college. Yeah. So he would be the kind of the game maker. So if they come in without him, and they lose, um, do people write off our win? I don't really know. I don't know how that plays. So even though I said the importance of the game may not be there, I, I might backtrack a little because I guess the more I think about it, if you really – I mean, I'm sure if we're talking about overall where are we at at, yeah, at the end of the year based upon our record, but I guess this game is actually pretty important because we need to see some massive improvement. And I know it's another tough opponent – you know, obviously we would see massive improvement if we came straight to, and we went and played Akron this week, you know, uh, or we played Tulsa this week. But, you know, we're playing potentially the best team in the Pac-12 this year, uh, at least ones that a lot of, before the season started, a lot of people uh, predicted would win the Pac-12 and maybe have a chance uh, at the playoff this year. But I think it is actually pretty important, not necessarily just for the win, but I think we've got to see, some, <clears throat> pardon me, some improvement. Uh, not only for the players' confidence, but maybe for you know just national the the view of the team. Because if we come out and put up, you know, another bit of a stinker at least in one half, or we're not really looking the part, you know, then it's going to creep in as like, hey, we've seen two games now, and this might be who they really are. So, uh, I, I actually I'm I'm going to go complete back on it. Say I think this might be even more important, not just based on the win, but how we look doing it. I would agree. And, you know, I, I think the one good thing was we, we all saw it. We all saw CJ Stroud was definitely like a little scared. And then once he hit his rhythm, like once he started going, the magic between him and Olave and seeing that connection, um, if they can keep that magic and keep that fire going through the season, I mean, they're going to be unstoppable. It doesn't really matter how much our defense gives up. If those two can continue to connect two, three, four times a game, it doesn't really matter what our defense does and doesn't do. Right. So let's kind of get into this game a little bit here. Obviously, you know, we're aware of what happened last week with our game. Uh, obviously struggled a little bit, but saw some pretty good stuff. Oregon, on the other hand, did not really look good. Um, they struggled to beat Fresno State, and pretty sure that game was tied, or they were even trailing at one point, but they were tied with maybe only a couple minutes to go and ended up pulling out the win. Now, given they did you know, lose their best player on the field to an injury, I believe it was a sprained ankle, um, I think they also might have had a running back injury. Um, so they got a little bit banged up during that game, but even prior to that, I mean, it, they, they struggle with a team that is not even in the power five conference. So I don't know if that again is, you know, first game of the season, you know, working some things out, uh, kind of similar situation we are, or if that's more of an honest, um, depiction of what they're going to be this year. See, my take going into this year with Oregon was that I knew it was going to be a big game. I knew it was going to be an important game. But they lost their quarterback from last year, who uh, was their quarterback for the past few years and was, I think he got drafted, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, he's a pretty good player. Uh, And a couple other key parts. So I thought they were going to be coming into this season, you know, still trying to, I wouldn't say, you know, you know, start over, but, you know, because they're not going to reload as good as 
teams like Ohio State and Alabama and Clemson are. But, you know, I think only a few key players on the field is not going to be able to match up to what you know, a team like Ohio State would have. So I didn't have the highest expectations, but I guess as the season kind of kept going on, people started talking them up. They got a pretty high AP ranking. I believe it was, what, 11 to start, somewhere in that range. Um, so I, I don't know – what kind of team this is yet. So it's going to be a little bit hard to kind of base how I think we're going to do against them, not just off of how good I think we're going to play, but because I think they're still a question mark. I think what's tough and it's just kind of like with what Minnesota had, I mean, any chance that Minnesota had at having a stellar season probably went down with Mo on uh, last Thursday with his, uh, I believe it was his Achilles. Um, if, if your entire basis of your team is surrounded around one or two people, uh, that's a bad way to go. And, and our 2014 season showed it. And that's one of the things that we at Ohio State have is just depth. Uh, we have the program. We have the depth. And, you know, if one or two people are out, that's not going to completely kill us for the game. Um, it's It's so hard to say, though. It is so hard to say in the time of COVID – what will and won't happen. I still think that's the hardest part about that is how many people have to get quarantined or people getting hurt. So it's. See, I think for what my understanding was, is they only have to get tested if they show symptoms because, and that's only if they've been vaccinated. And I know that at least at Ohio state, there may be only be a handful of players that aren't and all of almost all of them are. So I'm not yeah. expecting that to be as big of a deal this year that we're literally waiting pins and needles like an hour before game time or waiting to see who's gotten off the plane or anything like that. I don't think that's going to be as big of a factor. Now, given we did, we were missing a handful of people from Minnesota and they wouldn't say whether or not some of them were injury based or what, like for example, Harry Miller, you know, not really sure why he was out, not aware of an injury that he was had sustained during fall camp or anything. So I think that could be a small part, but like you said, that I think is an important thing is uh, how good our depth is because of our recruiting and how, you know, some of these guys, you know, four or five star don't even get a chance to play for a couple of years because of who they're behind. And Oregon may have some depth and they definitely have some speed with their starters, but I think you're right. You know, they can, they might lose a few key players and that could be a lot bigger of a deal on them. Yeah. I think it was also good for Stroud to kind of get like, get the like jitters out, be done with it. You know, he already, you know, throw the pick, be done with it, move on, get hit, like go through those things and understand that it's okay. You're going to be fine on the other side and, and just start doing what he does. Uh, the one thing I didn't like that we didn't really see much of last week was the scramble. Uh, he, you know, you could tell he was definitely clamming up more and I'm hoping we get to see, him just move a little bit more this week, feel a little bit more effortless in, in his actions. I almost feel like that first half is like ripping the bandaid off, you know, and by that yeah. second half, I think you really got to kind of see who he was. So I think he's going to do much better this game or at least be a lot more relaxed. Um, the last thing I will say before um, we try to get some, pardon me, <clears throat> some score predictions in here is the quarterback that they do have um they, I've, I've heard a lot of comparisons to the Oregon quarterback being like a JT Barrett style player. 
not necessarily the best passer, but very capable, but also a very capable runner. That's something that we did not see at all. I mean, uh, with Minnesota's quarterback, he was pretty much a pocket passer. Might have seen him scramble once. Um, and he was able to, you know, later in the game, he threw the ball quite a bit and was able to get some yards on us. But I'm interested to kind of see how the defense, especially young ones, going to react when you have a running quarterback because that essentially makes it the running game a lot more difficult to stop because then you have one less blocker because potentially, you know, then you have the running back that can act. Um, I'm sorry, one, one you have one extra blocker when you have a quarterback running. Plus, you also have to make sure that the linebackers uh, now have an extra job of having to keep an eye on the quarterback on top of having to be able to read the play action, having to be able to read, you know, the short intermediate routes or having to read, you know, the runs and a lot of misdirection and a lot of quarterback runs, I think against a, a young inexperienced defense could be problematic. So I'm predicting maybe a little bit of early success for Oregon in the running game. Um, but I'm hoping that we make some adjustments and I'm sure they're preparing for that too, but you know, I, I I'm hoping that we can make some adjustments in game to sure that up. I'm not expecting to have too much difficulty on offense um, not that, you know, Oregon's defense is any worse or any better than Minnesota's. Uh, and I, uh, part of it also is whether or not their key defensive end plays or if he actually plays healthy, but i still feel like we're, we're going to be able to get, you know, get enough points in here that as long as the defense can kind of hold, you know, hold them a handful of times, I think we should be all right. I would agree with that. Um, I think what's hard for a defense, I, I, I think a defense has a hard time defending something that their offense can't do. Um, so I don't know how they're going to look against that because we didn't see a lot of uh, running quarterbacks. So um, I don't know. I don't know. I it'll, it'll be interesting to see the change and to see the depth and to see what our defense really can do. Um, but I still, I think our offense is stronger than our defense lacks. Yeah, uh, I, I'm just, I'll be honest, you know, try not to, I try not to get too overly, you know, I guess analytical with some of these games, I guess once game time starts, I would, I just want to try to be, you know, just a straight fan, sit back, enjoy the game and, me personally, what I want to see is, you know, I'd like to see our running game do a little bit more. Um, I think they still did pretty decent. Obviously, we had that big run. But other than that, I mean, it was just, you know, a handful of decent runs here and there. I want to see the running game really open up a little bit more. Um, I think Stroud, the game plan with Stroud and his passing, from what I've seen, is fine. I'm, 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 okay. I li- I'm actually a big fan of those short passes because those are almost guaranteed every time. Because if you remember from the Minnesota game, I mean, he, he was able to complete those three and four yarders that went for seven, eight yards every time. And when you got second and two, I mean, the playbook's wide open. But I think overall, my big thing is I just want to see uh, the defense kind of step up and play a little bit better. But I am actually expecting them to. So that's kind of where my prediction is going to lie. Um, I would I would agree with that for the most part. So let's go ahead and get into this. Let's let's wrap this up here. Um, I'm curious, what do you have a score prediction for this game? Because I know I've I've kind of jotted one down. I had one earlier, and I guess the more I've kind of talked about it, I've I've talked myself out of initially what I was thinking. And 
I, I have a score prediction, but I'm curious to see where you're at. Now, normally this would be the part of the podcast where me and Chad would do our prop bets, but since he's out, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, not do that this week, and we'll do it next week, which, you know, I'm sure once Chad gets back on, he's going to be looking forward to it because Chad did win his first ever prop bet against me last week. Uh, he went <laughs> over last year, but he did. He did. He got me. So I have to talk nice to him and I have to compliment him and blah, blah, blah. But he's not on this episode, so I don't have to do that crap yet. <laughs> but anyways, what do you what do you have? What what do you have for the score prediction? Um, I'm thinking like a thirty five twenty. OK, thirty five twenty. And yeah. you're you're seeing uh, any any particular reason why why you're kind of thirty five twenty? I mean, I think the spread's about thirteen, so you have us covering the spread. Yeah, um, I I think I think the game's going to be closer than we would like it to be. Uh, I think the second half, and that's where the second half is where you you see the difference in the programs. You see the difference in the coaching. Uh, first half, I mean. You know, teams come out electric, but second half is where you see what programs are really made of. And I think second half, we're going to run away with it. Okay. So I actually have this game uh, at 42-24. And, uh, of course, I I agree. I think we will cover the spread. And I think we're going to cover the spread a little more easily this time. I don't think this is a 42-24 that felt closer. Um, I have a feeling that with a packed hopefully a packed Ohio stadium. I mean, last time I saw a couple of days ago, they still had 10,000 tickets available, but um, hoping we get at least a hundred thousand in the shoe Saturday. I really feel like these players are going to be amped. Cause this is the first time in like 600 days that Ohio stadium has been packed. So I think everyone's going to be hyped. I think it's going to be a tough environment for Oregon. I think we're going to be noisy. We're going to, you know, they're going to have some difficulty with some young players on a big row game. Plus, I mean, the Pac-12 does not typically do well when they have to travel east, especially early in the season. I mean, there was some stat where they're like 5-47 and 47 since like 1993 against ranked teams. You know, well, it's and of also, course, go I'm ahead. Sorry. It's also going to be 9 o'clock in the morning here for them. Exactly. I mean, that and uh, they even threw up the stat, which I think the stat's stupid every time they bring it up. But, you know, an overall record against a certain team, which right now Ohio State has won that nine to nothing. Like Oregon has never beaten Ohio State. So I I think those are kind of silly. I mean, every year is independent of itself, in my opinion. But I do agree in the fact that it's really hard for a West Coast team to travel all the way across country and then get readjusted for those four hours that they've lost or three or four hours that they've lost. So, uh, but anyways, yeah, I see it 42, 24 and I think we come out of the gate swinging. I say we have, um, almost a three score lead by the end of the third quarter and maybe a junk score by Oregon late to try to tighten it up a little bit. So that's kind of where I'm at. Can we just take a moment to relish in the last time that we played Oregon and Marcus Mariota cried? Absolutely. I remember when Joey Bosa, he didn't get the sack, but Mariota got rid of the ball, but he like landed right on top of him and he had to come out for a play. <laughs> no, but you know, I'm excited. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's going to be a good matchup, I think, but uh, obviously I think Ohio state is going to sh- flex their muscles and show their depth and show that we have some of the best playmakers on offense in the country and uh, hoping we get more than 48 plays this time. Um, that's for sure. But anyways, April, I really wanted to thank you for uh, filling in on sh- uh, such short notice. Um, 
again, we just want to have our thoughts with Chad and his family. Hopefully they kind of get through this tough time and hopefully we get to hear him back soon. Yes. Thank you very much for having me. All right, guys. And as always, remember, you can always hear us on uh, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. Uh, I post these on YouTube. Uh, Don't be afraid to go check out our Facebook page. Uh, Give us a comment. Give us a like. Um, And definitely interact more, guys. You know, we'd love to hear from you. Love to hear maybe uh, stuff that you'd like to hear or things that you'd like to that we can add onto the podcast. Um, We also got uh, stuff that we post on Twitter as well. So just stay in touch with us and uh, let us know how you think. So as always. Go Bucks. O-H. I-O.